1: Welcome to another episode of Simply Financial. I'm Walter Storholt alongside Kevin Ray, financial coach at Insight Folio, serving you in the Tri-City area with offices in Pinconning and Saginaw. Find us online at insightfolios.com. Kevin, great to be with you this week. How are you, sir?
2: I'm doing good, Walter. We're heading towards the end of June. The weather's nice, and, and uh, I'm liking the fishing and all that kind of good stuff that goes along with us. I'm doing very good. How about yourself?
1: been bringing in some good catches recently?
2: We did, you know. I went out in front of the house the other day and I caught 10 bass. 10 and bass, wow. 10 bass, and I was out there only maybe an hour or so. It was a lot of fun.
1: What uh, what size bass are you bringing in?
2: Uh, they're probably on average 18 inches, 16, 18 inches. So. Okay, well, yeah, I nice. caught a couple of big ones, been a couple of small ones, but uh, the average ones are there. Some bluegill, too. So
1: Hey, that's a good size. We'll take it, right?
2: Yeah, we'll take him all day long. <laughs> Neighbor's looking at me on the porch. He was watching me. I think he was living vicariously through me because he's having a tough time today, or that day, I should say. Oh, good. Well, yeah, yeah.
1: always nice when you can live vicariously through a, through a neighbor and, and yeah, get some yeah. joy out of that, right?
2: Yeah, he was having fun.
1: So. Very nice. Uh, happy Father's Day weekend to all of our listeners as well. Hope you're having yeah, a good yeah. time with family and uh, and maybe friends this weekend as well. And uh, we've got a great show lined up for you today. We're going to talk a little bit about preventative care when it comes to financial planning, uh, similar to you know while you go to the doctor and get some preventative maintenance on yourself. Why would you do the same when it comes to your finances? We also might dabble in some financial fears, maybe answer some of your questions and more all straight ahead. On today's show, but let's kick it off with a little history lesson today. Kevin, we're going to go back 43 years, uh, back. I think before you were born, right? Um, yeah, be
2: well before well I was before. born. Yeah. <laughs> uh, June 19th,
1: 1978, Garfield first appeared as a comic strip. Wow, that's, 43 uh, that takes it back, right?
2: Yeah. <laughs> Had you ever read out of the Garfield comic strips?
1: I did. I remember reading them, and then I think when I was growing up, uh, there was like a, a TV show, or maybe it was a cartoon, yep, animated yep. thing. I remember watching some Garfield cartoons, but then I remember reading the comic strip. I liked Garfield.
2: I remember one in particular, and it's uh, Odie. You remember Odie, his buddy there? That's right. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So Garfield is reading, or Odie's reading this. Um, Comic or this article to to a Garfield I should say, and it says pigs are the smartest animal on Earth. And Garfield says, "Come on, Odie, let's go have a ham sandwich." <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's a good one. That's a good
2: one. I, I remember that. So yeah,
1: I liked the edginess of Garfield. That it was like this kids, you know, this kids comic strip that you could easily, you know, you could consume as a kid, but also for adults had plenty of a little bit of that darker humor, I guess maybe. Yeah. Yeah it was it struck a nice chord it was it was something different i was still more of a peanuts fan definitely growing up uh, that was probably my my top comic strip but uh, but yeah garfield was a good one for sure 43 years ago that probably it brings looked- back some memories
2: And look how it's changed. You used to read them in the the Sunday paper primarily, and there's hardly any Sunday papers out there anymore, so things have changed. Yeah,
1: yeah, you don't pick up the paper uh, as often these days. Not
2: not like you used to, no.
1: Although it's kind of cool because a lot of comic strips now, you can subscribe with your email, and they just get delivered to your email each morning and that kind of thing. Yep. Yeah, you know, it's a neat. At least it's it's at your fingertips even more just like everything else these days, which sometimes can be a good thing. So
2: Well, it can be. You know, in my dad of all people, we finally got him a cell phone. So, once I get him used like to how smart, to work it
1: Like a smartphone or just no, still a regular no, a, cell phone? A flip phone. Okay, all right.
2: But it has the capability of getting email on it, but I got to get him used to this so for, so I can subscribe <laughs> into the comic strips cuz he likes reading those. Oh, that's one perfect. one one thing at a time, Dad, if you're listening. That's
1: right. One thing at a time. One yeah. thing at a time. That's the important thing. Uh, yeah. Simple steps. Well, hey, that yeah. kind of relates to what we're talking about on the show today. Kind of taking things one step at a time and uh, one foot in front of the other and, and trying to solve some problems. Let's talk a little bit about preventative care, Kevin. Anybody in the healthcare profession, I think, would be quick to tell us that, You know, it's of vital importance to have preventative care, not just reacting when there's a problem. But, you know, a lot of people just don't really engage with the healthcare industry until they have some kind of pain that needs to be addressed. And really, we found the same thing is kind of true when it comes to finances and the way people treat financial advisors. Don't really think you have a need to meet with one until all of a sudden something in your life happens. So we're going to talk about some of the reasons why it might make sense, Kevin, to act proactively to meet with a financial advisor, but also some of the reasons why people – maybe we can diagnose the problem first – why people stay away from meeting with a financial advisor and uh, and explore some of those – I won't call them excuses, but maybe just the reasons why we often see that be the case. Uh, sure. One very common reason is a lot of people just have this built-in assumption – that it's going to be expensive. It's just going to be a lot of money. I don't want to have to pay that or deal with it right now.
2: Well, we hear that quite often. And uh, have you ever heard that, Walter? Yeah, it, uh, pertaining to anything, right? It's going I to be. I feel expensive. like that
1: kind of with anything. Like we have some yep. gutter problems at the house right now, and yep. like it needs to be addressed because the soffits are starting to get damaged in a certain area where the gutters are kind of messed up, and. I should do something about it. But I'm like, oh, it's going to be so expensive to fix it. So I don't want to call. You know, it's like I want to stick my head in the sand.
2: <laughs> well, <laughs> that happens a lot, right? It's only so, going to
1: get worse if I don't do yeah, anything. But, yeah. you know, that's the human nature, right?
2: Yeah, it is. And it's it's always the human nature. So if we look at why people get physical exams, you know, regular phys- physical exams for most, you know, it's to catch health problems before they get out of hand. It's like your, your gutters, you know, you want to catch it before it gets out of hand, costs you more money. So if you have high blood pressure and they get it under control um, before you have a stroke, that's a result of, of the exam. I, I kind of equate this to financial advisors like this. Instead of worrying about the cost, let's look at it a little bit differently. You know, I suggest you worry about the missed opportunities by getting a second opinion because there are several that, you, you know, that, that could help you. Opportunities you may not be aware of. Maybe you're not as diversified as you think you are. So if you're not diversified, how much does that cost you doing extra cost just inside your mutual fund? Remember, the average mutual fund, according to the Forbes article, is 3.14 to 4.14% in fees that you're not seeing. Uh, are most of your assets non-correlating? What do I mean by that? Are they, you know, you don't want all your assets going the same direction. You want some to kind of even that roller coaster ride out. And a lot of people we sit down with, we're, we're looking at, you know, they're all in on large cap stocks. They're all in on small cap stocks. You have to have different non-correlating assets in there to smooth out that roller coaster ride when the when the, you know, when the market starts going south. How much overlap do you have in your current portfolio? Do you own the same companies over and over? You own 15 different mutual funds, but they all own the same companies, General Motors, Ford, Citigroup, or or whatever. And big one here is does your allocation, does the allocation, your 60-40 mix, your 70-30 mix, whatever your allocation is, isn't matching your goals? Or do you need to have those realigned and, and more in tune with what you're trying to do? And most important of all, do you have a comprehensive plan that addresses all of those things that may be adding up in cost and costing you a lot more money than you think. And by getting a second opinion, it may even lower your cost so that it could be expensive, maybe true, but it could save you a lot of dollars and a lot of headaches going down the road, too. So think of it that way. It's a great
1: way to think about it. Yep. It's going to be expensive. Eh, Not necessarily. Um, Not necessarily. Meet meet with an advisor. And uh, often, like you, Kevin, you offer complimentary initial consultations. So really, there is no uh, expense risk there. And then they can get a good idea of what plans cost and what fees and and things like that are involved and the value that's going to be there for those different things. Um, Doing research, I think, often is actually a pretty free adventure, right? It's like a pretty free thing in many ways in life. So let's keep that in mind. Um, Yes, maybe it's going to be expensive to get those gutters fixed, but to have somebody to come out and look at it and really give me kind of a prognosis and maybe even a quote to actually find out if it's expensive, that doesn't cost anything. And so that's part of the preventative care that we can engage in a little bit.
2: Exactly, or you know, if you let it go much longer, it may cost you more because you got to replace boards or whatever it is. So. Oh yeah,
1: I think I've already yep. waited too long. It's yep. it's not gonna be it's not gonna be pretty once somebody comes out. <laughs> I think I know what I need to do after our show today, Kevin. I need to make uh, a call.
2: <laughs> get on the phone. That's right. <laughs>
1: All right. Another way that we see preventative care pop up when we talk about finances and planning and why people don't engage in that preventative maintenance on their retirement plans and that sort of thing well, you know what? They're going to tell me, Kevin, to do things that I don't want to do. Mmm, the old consultant or coach challenging us and telling us to do something that we don't want to do
2: exactly you know i hear that you know from my grandmother my grandmother said i don't know they're going to tell me to do things i don't want to do you know so in her case it would be you know you have to stop smoking Uh, she was a smoker or maybe it's you know you need to lose weight eat better exercise whatever it is we got this preconceived notion before we go in there what they're going to tell us to do and we really don't want to so the assumption is that the financial advisor is always going to tell you to do a couple of things, spend less and save more. But I can tell you from personal experience doing this 30 years, that is rarely the case. I, we rarely never go across that and say you have to save more and spend less. In most cases, what we're gonna say in my office is you have to build a plan. That plan's gonna encompass your goals and dreams. And in that plan, we're gonna ask you, how much do you, income do you need on a monthly basis? Number one, how do you keep how are you planning on keeping up with inflation because if you're retiring at say 60 years old, how are you going to increase that with inflation for the next 30 years? How are you going to pass down your assets when you leave this earth to your beneficiaries in a most tax advantage way? So let's run a stress test. So if another market crash happens, how are you going to fare? So these are all things that we do and another stress test that we do often Walter that people overlook, is you know most of the time people come in the office and say what if we have a long-term care in our simplicity process and i'll say what what age do you think you, you're going to have it and some people will, let's say 80 and how much you think it's going to cost well maybe eighty thousand dollars a year how long are you going to need it for three years i can put that into your plan and stress test your portfolio to see how you'll fare uh, and that's very very important news uh, and the other thing too is your, are your current investments appropriate for your plan most people i sit down would like to know these answers before they retire. It's just plain you know, um, common sense and all these things. So we may tell you to do things you don't want to do, but most of the times it's not going to save more and spend less. It's going to be, let's make some adjustments to what's going on in your portfolio. Let's sit down and make some smart financial decisions and let's guide you through the process to get you to and through retirement. And I can promise you this, it's not as hard as most people think. We, you know, we had a couple come in yesterday and they're all, you know, all unworried about, you know, Can I retire? Can I retire? You know, in the same thing, they thought I'm going to have to work a couple more years. I need to save more. As it turned out, they were fine. They could retire today, as they if they wanted to. But he wanted to work another year or two, and that worked out too. But now they know the answer. Now they they're not you know they're not staying up at night. Now they they understand. Hey, I'm good to go. So I got to make some smart financial decisions from here.
1: It's a great point, Kevin, and always worth keeping these things in mind that uh, sometimes it's good for us to maybe stop doing some of the things that we've been doing. If you need a coach who's going to challenge you a little bit, Kevin is your financial coach in the Tri-City area. You can call 888-885-PLAN to set up a time to meet or chat a little bit, talk about some of your concerns, things on your mind, questions that you may have about retirement, financial planning, and the like. 888-885-PLAN, which is 888 888- or check them out online at insightfolios.com. We're talking about preventative care in not only the healthcare profession and other ways of life, but uh, specifically in the financial industry. Reasons why people don't meet with a financial advisor until a need really arises, but some of the benefits by doing it in advance. People will say things like, you know what, I'm going to be embarrassed about how much I don't understand. I can, I can relate to this. There's lots of reasons why maybe I haven't done something in advance, Kevin, because, yeah, there's just this little, like, element of, ah, but they're going to feel like I should know more when I go in. Like, what if I go in, I don't really know the difference between a Roth IRA and an IRA. They're going to they're gonna laugh at me, right?
2: Well, that's that's a preconceived notion, isn't it? This, the same couple I was talking about earlier came in yesterday, and, and she had mentioned, I'm kind of embarrassed to answer these questions. There is no question that you should be embarrassed about when this comes down. I'll give you an example. If you go to the doctor and, you know, you're having heart problems, you're not going to know as much as that cardiologist knows because that cardiologist has been trained to do it. I call a professional when, when needed. I'll give you an example. I just bought a new oven. Well, I bought a new oven last year and it's being delivered this August, but I had to get it rewired from 30 amp to 40 amp. So what did I do? Did I do it myself? No. I called the fine folks over at Bach Electric. You know, they came over, they rewired it. I didn't do it myself, and there's a reason. And the reason is simple. I don't know, you know, what kind of problems I can cause from not knowing what I don't know. So why should you be embarrassed that you don't have the knowledge I do? I've been doing this 30 years. You are not gonna have the knowledge I do, and it's just it's just plain simple because I've been doing it for thirty years. If I was sitting in, say somebody across my table in their shoes and they did something for 30 years, it's gonna be the same for me. I am not gonna understand a lot of that stuff too. So if I've been doing it 30 years and you haven't been doing it 30 years, don't be embarrassed because it's simple. I've been doing it that long and you're not expected to know that. But what you are expected to do is to get more educated, to get more familiar with maybe those terms and to educate yourself in this process. And all it does is help you make smart financial decisions going forward.
1: Uh, Great points, Kevin. Absolutely. And again, if you want to give a call, 888-885-PLAN-IS-THE-NUMBER, gets you in touch with Kevin to talk about some of these things, you know. I think there could be, often that embarrassment, Kevin, comes from some of the simplest things. Like, I bet you've had people come into their office and maybe they were just embarrassed that, you know what, I don't even know <laughs> what all my accounts are or how to even log into them. I've heard that before. Like, I think even my dad has said in the past, you know, like, I don't even know, like, where I would go to get the stuff or fi- find it out or figure it out. There's nothing to be embarrassed about. That happens all the time. Life is busy. So... Even if it's something really small like that, uh, other people before you have had the same kinds of issues. So nothing to be yeah, embarrassed about. Yeah,
2: You're not the only one, trust me. Yeah. After, after 30 years, you know... People are just, you know, they left the job, they forgot about it, or they don't know where it's at. We'll yep. help you do that. We'll help you get to the bottom of it. And that's what we do.
1: And you know what? It becomes a problem when all of a sudden you need to access those accounts quickly. In the case of an emergency or the passing of a, of a spouse or something in the, your family goes wrong, that's when it becomes embarrassing. It's not embarrassing to find these things out as part of preventative maintenance and preventative care. I think that's a really good differentiator as well. Uh, uncovering exactly. these things now is the whole purpose of, of doing that preventative care.
2: Yep, you don't want to wait until it's absolutely needed because then you're forced to make decisions without any really knowledge of what's going on, so.
1: Yep. Kevin, the reason I don't really like to go to the primary care doctor is because I'm a little afraid they're going to give me some bad news, and I don't want to hear it. <laughs> so <laughs> I try to put those visits off a couple of months. Actually, probably more relatable to the dentist, right? Uh, I've, I've got a coworker, in fact, who put off going to the dentist for 12 years and uh, and then finally uh, told me last week he's he's got a dentist appointment. And I said, oh, yeah, what, uh, what what caused you after 12 years to finally go? And he said, my teeth hurt.
2: <laughs> well, that's a good reason, right? That's,
1: that's a good reason. And if he'd had a little bit of preventative care leading up to that, well, his teeth may not be hurting today.
2: Yep. So how many times do you think when people come in my office, Walter, they're, they're afraid I'm going to give them bad news?
1: Oh, 99% of the time.
2: That, that's probably pretty close. And and I, I can't tell you how many times people come in, they sit down, there, kind of a little timid. And they think, you know, you're going to give me bad news. You're going to tell me I can't retire. I haven't saved enough or whatever it is. But I can tell you from doing this over and over and over for 30 years that that's normally not the case. Like the couple the other day, they came in and they were convinced they didn't save enough and they couldn't retire. And when we got done, it took about an hour to to start the process and build a plan and go through all of their bucket list and all the other types of things, the income. And when we were done, They could retire today if they wanted to. And that's that's the normal. That's not the exception. So very rarely do people come in and I say, you know, this is impossible. You can't do it. It does happen. Don't get me wrong. But very rarely do you come into that. Something can't be tweaked to get you ahead of schedule or maybe you're already on schedule and you don't know it. These things are what you sit down with an advisor for to get a second opinion. If you're afraid of bad news, get the second opinion, because I can almost promise you that it's not nearly as bad as you think, and all it takes is for you to pick up the phone. If that's what you're looking for, an honest second opinion, a comprehensive plan that fits you, that's what I do. That's what I love to do. We do this in the office every day. I love to help people retire, see them through retirement, and get to know you. So if that's you, give us a call. I'd be happy to sit down with you, and if there's bad news, I'll be up front and tell you, it's bad news, but... Here's a solution to circumvent that. Let's get started on it.
1: If you want a complimentary review of your financial plan, or if you just want to ask a couple of questions to Kevin, you can get in touch easily by calling 888 885 PLAN. If you get the voicemail, leave a quick note. Kevin and the team will follow back up with you to set up that time to chat. 888 885 PLAN. That's 888 885 7526. Best not to procrastinate these things. I mean, we could talk until we're blue in the face about how important it is to try and be proactive and take these preventative steps when it comes to your financial life. So give Kevin a call, 888-885-PLAN. That's 888-885-7526. And you can also email Kevin. It's Kevin at InsightFolios.com. That's Kevin at InsightFolios.com
3: more coming up on today's show stay tuned you're listening to simply financial we believe it only takes three steps to build your financial future and that's it you shouldn't waste your time getting bogged down by complicated numbers and confusing financial products why worry with the minutia three steps is all it takes step one you talk step two we act and step three here comes the fun part you relax. Come in for a visit with our team. We'll listen as you explain your needs, dreams, and desires. We'll then craft and implement a financial plan to achieve your goals. Don't worry, as life happens, we'll adjust your plan. All you have to do is take it easy. Don't make retirement harder than it should be. Schedule your visit with our team. Call 888-885-PLAN. That's 888-885-7526. We're only a phone call away. 888-885-PLAN. That's 888-885-7526. This isn't a get-rich-quick show. It's
0: not a bigger and better show. It's not a make-your-head-spin-with-complex-numbers-and-data show. This is Simply Financial.
1: You're back here with us on Simply Financial. Thanks for joining us today. Walter alongside Kevin. He's your financial coach at Insight Folio, serving you in the Tri-City area, offices in Pinconning and Saginaw. And Kevin brings about three decades of experience to the table each and every week when we meet. He's the co-author of the book, Navigating Through Retirement. And he's a local. It's great. He's born and raised in Pinconning. So eh, we can rely on Kevin for uh, telling it to us like it is. And uh, also that, uh, just that warm pin-conning charm. I think that's what I look forward to most each week when we chat, Kevin. So,
2: Well, it's, it's a good little town to live in. You know, we have lots of stuff going on here. And, you you uh, stayed
1: for a reason, it sounds like.
2: I yeah. did. You know, I did. So, <laughs> born and raised here, and I didn't move far. So,
1: Very good. Well, we're going to talk about something that uh, probably isn't um, that connected with the pin-conning world, and that's talking about fears. You guys have nothing to be uh, afraid of in such a wonderful area like this. But, uh, but that's okay. We're going to talk about financial fears specifically because, okay, that's something that we all may be able to relate to and, and might have. In fact, we polled our listeners to find out what the biggest financial fears were for them. And we're going to look at, Kevin, how you help people address these various fears in their retirement plans. Okay. Okay. First one up, running out of money before we die. We probably wouldn't have needed to conduct a poll because so many polls have already been conducted that reveal that is indeed the number one financial fear.
2: That's across the board, everybody's biggest fear that comes into my office. So how do we address it when you come into my office? Well, the major thing I'm looking for is what's called shortfall. And shortfall is, um, let me give you an example. You need $4,000 a month of income to live on, between you and your spouse, you have two twenty five hundred dollars a month coming in Social Security, and we're short fifteen hundred. That's your shortfall. So how do you take what you've uh, what's taken you entire lifetime to accumulate, and how do you turn that into income so you don't run out of money before you die? So there's various strategies that we work with to show you that, and then we're also looking for what's called your retirement number. So another example would be if you know if we put all this together we put your shortfall in there and then we're gonna put inflation in there and let's say you start at fifty thousand dollars a year of income and every year it increases by two percent it doesn't take long to get to sixty thousand and seventy thousand so on and so forth so when we factor that in there I'm looking for a very specific number and that number is the rate of return you need to earn on your portfolio from here to age 90 or ninety-five so you don't run out of money and like the couple the other day, their number was one point one five percent. They need to average on their portfolio what they say one point one five percent. That's good news. We can fill that shortfall with apps, you know, with with guarantees if we needed to in this particular instance. So depending on your number is is we're going to look at what recommendations are we going to come up with to show you how to fill that shortfall. We want to fill that shortfall without selling principal, or we want to sell that without selling shares in some form of investment strategies and that's what we do here so if you come in and you're worried about running out of money before you die the first thing we're going to do is figure out your shortfall and then we're going to show you strategies to implement to take care of that shortfall so you don't get in trouble going down the road
1: all you have to do if you have questions about anything we talk about on today's show is give kevin a call at 888-885-PLAN to set up a time to chat 888-885-PLAN Another financial fear, it's not always about running out of money uh, before dying, even though that's the most common one, but we can have more than one fear, Kevin. And another common one is blowing through your entire nest egg to pay for something like nursing home care. That's on the top of mind
2: of a lot of people. That's number two when people come in, when I talk to them, yes. And why, is it, why do you think it's number two, Walter? Walter?
1: Well, I mean, but well, it's interesting because I would say that's probably also the area that's least planned for, even though it's a top concern.
2: It, it, it is, and
1: so maybe that's why it's such a concern because there's hardly ever a plan for it.
2: Exactly, and what happens is they have a they have a relative that they know went through this situation. They've seen in our area it could be eighty thousand dollars a year, you know, the cost you know for your care. So what we'll do in that particular instance is. I can stress test your portfolio and show you that if something were to happen to you, how are you going to fare? But you hit it right on the head, Walter. It's the least planned for thing when people come into my office that when we sit down, how are you going to address that if something happens to you? And the number one reason people don't buy it is because they think it's going to be too expensive. But in most cases, it isn't too expensive, especially if you start out, you know, the younger you are, the more the more affordable it is. And if you wait till you're older, it's going to be more expensive, obviously. But if that's your number two worry, your number three worry, there are ways to address that and get it done now before because the cost of the insurance, the nursing home insurance goes up every year. And the other reason is, is people want it, but they fail to qualify for it because of their health. The insurance company is not going to take on the risk if you're not healthy. So if you have uncontrolled blood pressure that you're not you're not taking control of, that's a flag for them. They're, they're worried that maybe you're going to have a stroke. So they're not going to insure you. So number one, get in and get it while your health is there. Number two, get it earlier because it's going to be less expensive for you going forward.
1: Very good. Another fear, Kevin, I feel like we need to hit this one as well, is when it comes to taxes. People fear that they're going to pay more in taxes than they have to pay.
2: Well, tax planning is 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 incorporated into what we do in our office. It has to be, you know. We had a couple come in the other day, and he want he's going to retire this year, and he was going to liquidate about a sixty thousand dollars IRA because they wanted to put a deck on. And right off the bat, I said, "Why why you want to do it this year?" Well, you know, I want to get ahead of the game. I want to you know start that ball rolling. I'm thinking. I only have six more months to go. What if you took out that sixty thousand in January when you're retired? You have a lot less income, therefore you're going to pay a lot less taxes. That's just one strategy that you know that comes to mind that we just talked about. Others are: Do you start converting to a Roth IRA? It's probably a good idea because we all know taxes are going up. But how do you do it in, in a most tax-advantaged way without spending too much in taxes and giving back more than you have to? All of those things come into play. So what if you're you know, you're, you're taxed on your Social Security? I don't know if m- m- many people know that because they don't. So if you're a married couple and your income is over 44000 there's a calculation they use, they can tax up to 85% of your Social Security benefit. What if a little tax planning that you did kept you below that threshold And kept you from paying tax on your Social Security. All of these things add up over time. And this is just something that we do, you know, day in, day out at our office and help you you plan for those and help you save some dollars in taxes.
1: One other one I want to go through here, Kevin, is how we often talk about the next generation on the show. And a lot of people don't worry so much about that part of the equation, but for those who do... It becomes one of their top fears, not having anything left to pass on to the kids, or maybe even worse, and then also a more common fear, having to rely on our kids for help as we get older.
2: Well, you remember, I don't know about you, Walter, but you know, it wasn't uncommon not that long ago for the grandparents to move in with the, with the kids you know, after a while,
1: I remember a lot of my uh, friends growing up had like, you know, gra- grandma would live with them. I've always, yep. uh, I didn't personally experience that, but I remember that being pretty common uh, for a lot of my friends and in, in my group.
2: For many, that was their long-term care plan, right? Yep. I'll move in with my kids. Yeah. So when it comes to this, if you're worried about that, the, the answer is simple. You need a comprehensive income plan. I said income tailored just for you. The goal that uh, goes, you know, the long ways. Our simplicity plan does this. It's going to address all of those issues. And in our plan, there are three different numbers. One is called the retirement number, and the retirement number is this. What rate of return do you need to average on your portfolio? And you'll run out of money at age 90 or 95. You have enough money to buy a margarita. Preservation number says, I started with X amount of dollars. After I turn age 90 or 95, I want to have the same amount of dollars. And legacy number said, nope, just what we talked about a second ago. I want to leave more to my kids. I want to leave more to the churches, or whatever. So those all can be addressed in a good financial plan, good financial income plan going forward. So you don't have to worry about relying on your kids, if not be. If you plan for it, you sit down and you look forward into the future and say, if something happens to me, I want you know I want to be as self sufficient as possible, and all of those things can be encompassed in your plan.
1: All right, Kevin. Last but not least, one other fear that I want to cover on the show today, getting taken advantage of by an advisor who maybe doesn't have your best interest in mind. How common do you see people walk into your door with that hesitation that, that needs to be overcome? Is that one as pervasive as these other fears?
2: It can be because, you know, we hear all the news all the time. What's a fiduciary? What's not a fiduciary? You know, it's confusing out there.
1: Or or the Bernie Madoffs of the or world. Or the Bernie Madoffs,
2: yep. The, you know, Gordon Geckos. you know, or uh, whoever um, Leo DiCaprio played, remember in that, that Wall Street movie? That's right. Um,
1: yeah. Jordan Belfort, I think. Was yeah, yeah, that yeah. Right? That's,
2: yeah. yeah, yeah. The Wolf of Wall Street or whatever it was. Yeah. But you got to be careful here, too. When you go to an advisor, you want to go to a fiduciary. Why? Because they have to put your best interest in front. So if you go to an advisor who only sells insurance products and gets paid a commission, what product do you think you're going to get recommended when there's this whole world out there and they only have availability of insurance products? you got to be very careful going that forward. And I am a fiduciary in my office, and we have to put your best interest In front. We have to think of you over anything else. And our recommendations have to make sense based on your own personal situation. That's why we use a simplicity planning process. It does put your best interests up uh, up front and it comes through, and it's a very simple plan. It comes through very easy to understand, and you can go forward doing it. And then you can see how the recommendations we make fit into your plan. And when we show people how we produce income and all those other things, there's really no questions when we get done with that process. So if you're worried about that, you should you should rely on your plan, and then your advisor should be able to tell you how they're gonna produce income and fill those shortfalls like we talked about. And, and it makes sense to see, is this in your best interest or is it not in your best interest? And it's very easy to do by just sitting down with the fiduciary and getting that process started.
1: Again, if you wanna talk a little bit more about putting together a financial plan, You can get a complimentary review with Kevin, and you can do that very easily by picking up the phone and calling 888-885-PLAN. That's 888-885-7526. Get your fears addressed and solved. Uh, Explore them. Make sure that you have solutions to counter these things, and you can feel much more comfortable and confident in your financial plan going forward. Pick up the phone. Give a call to Kevin and the team, 888-885-PLAN. They're local, again, with offices in Pinconning and Saginaw, 888-885-7526 or shoot him an email. Kevin at InsightFolios.com if you want to reach out that way. We're coming up on today's show. This is Simply Financial. It's getting to know you time. Well, it's time to get to know Kevin Ray a little bit better today on Simply Financial. This is our sidestep of the financial world. Just talk about something fun, typically nostalgic, sometimes just something funny or different. And uh, I get to ask question, kind of an off the wall, ask Kevin an off the wall question about something in his life. Kevin, we're looking back to high school today. What style or trend did you participate in during high school that now causes you to just shake your head? <laughs>
2: Well, there's a couple that come to mind. First, you know, back in the 70s when I graduated graduated in 1979, everybody had longer hair. Now I look at those pictures and I'm like, well, I don't know if that was such a good choice, but uh, we, we haven't then. <laughs> but the other thing, and, and, my, and my Uncle Kent gave me a nickname called, and he called me Flair. Flair that, like Ric Flair? Yeah, like Ric Flair, okay. but it wasn't, wasn't because of Ric Flair. It was because I had to have what they called back then, Flair Pants. So, you know, so they were the big, like, kind of the bell-bottom pants, but yeah. they, they weren't that big. They were called Flares. So for all my life, my Uncle Kenny, hey, what's up, Flair? And then it passed on <laughs> to the rest of the family, and everybody called me Flair. So that kind of nickname's stuck in place. And when I look back at pictures, I got the long hair and I got the flare pants on, and I'm like shaking my head. Well, I guess it was trendy at the time, but now it kind of looks a, a little ridiculous. So.
1: <laughs> hey, there are worse nicknames to have.
2: There is, there is. that yeah. yeah. no, was a good nickname. So that's good. Yeah. Flair. Yeah. I think I, I'm going to continue
1: that. That's, <laughs> I didn't know that about you. So um, yeah. I think that that fits you well. I, I like it a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say for me, it was uh, there was this trend of uh, kids in my high school getting highlights in their hair, like guys getting highlights. Oh, yeah? So uh, I did that, and it looked it looked absolutely terrible. It was mm-hmm. it was awful. So. I shake. It was funny, but I shake my head when I look back at that.
2: Yeah, better decisions could have been made. (laughs) Better decisions could have been made.
1: Uh, It it did lead to the best line uh, my dad ever uttered uh, when he saw me come home with highlights in my hair and didn't speak to me for about two hours and just sat rocking in his chair, like frustrated. And my mom was kind of just laughing about it. We were standing in the kitchen, and then uh, my dad just finally, after two hours of silence, and uh just like staring straight ahead just blurted out we're storeholts we're conservative we don't we don't do that stuff <laughs> i yeah. it tells you in our house we were, we were pretty chill i wasn't much of a uh, of a problem child so getting getting some goofy highlights in my hair on my birthday was uh was was really stepping out of bounds
2: <laughs> you know that's funny too because if you look at my younger pictures, they had real short hair you know and I was yeah. always complaining to my dad dad I don't like the way my, they cut my hair and he says well I'm paying for it you're going to get it the, the way it's, I pay for it if you pay for it I don't care well, I started making money right after that, so yep. and I, I so I got my own haircut. So the uh,
1: mm-hmm. the evening ended with us looking through pictures of him when he was sixteen and seventeen, looking at his his flowing locks, just like you were describing. <laughs> so yep. it ended with a very uh, a very fun evening. So it was uh, just very 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 funny to uh, look back at that. Now we laugh about it pretty pretty heavily.
2: So conservative and went out the door when he was growing up, right? That's right. Yeah. <laughs> what's, what's up with that, dad? Look at, look at you, man. You look rough. <laughs> look at that hair. Oh, it too funny.
1: Uh, More coming up on today's show. Walter Storholt here alongside Flair, and uh, (laughs) lots to get to still on the show. We'll try to answer one of your questions maybe when we come back here on Simply Financial. After a while, all that financial noise seems to run together. In 1930, the Republican-controlled House of Representatives, in an effort to alleviate the effects of the... Anyone? Anyone? The Great Depression passed the... Anyone? Anyone?
0: It's time for a fresh perspective. Keep listening to Simply Financial with Kevin Ray.
1: Well, it's just about time to wrap things up here on Simply Financial today. Walter Storholt here alongside Flair Kevin Ray, <laughs> financial coach at Insight Folios. I'll let it die next week, Kevin, but we'll we'll continue it on for the rest of today's show. Uh, If you want to get more information about Kevin and the team, you can go to insightfolios.com. They've got offices in Pinconning and Saginaw. Kevin's the co-author of the book, Navigating Through Retirement. If you want to get a copy of that and learn a little bit more about Kevin and how he helps you plan for retirement and your financial future, give a call, 888-885-PLAN. We also love to take listener questions. You can submit those questions by emailing kevin at insightfolios.com if you want them to be featured on a future show. I've got one here from Donald. Donald says, my brother tells me that I have way too much money in the bank, and he's probably right. It's about $150,000 now. But I just like knowing that it's there in case I have an emergency. Is that really so bad?
2: Well, Donald, um, I like the idea that you just said emergency, but I think you have way too much money in, in the bank account earning virtually nothing. So let's think about it this way. If you've got $150,000 sitting in the bank and it's getting one-tenth of one percent, you may be getting 150 bucks a year of interest. That's what we call lazy money. It's sitting there and it's lazy. It's not getting fat, but it's it's lazy and it's just, it's just not keeping up with inflation or any of those other types of things. So you're right, you do need to have an emergency uh, money sitting around. And I like to have six months of spending, you know, expenditures to a year, more more closer to a year. So let's say that's $50,000. And then you have $100,000 left over. Now, depending on your age, there's different investments that may make more sense for you. If you want to keep it safer, or maybe you want to put it in the market, but just the plain Jane fixed annuity now is paying over 3%. So let's assume that's 3% and you have that 100,000, you kept 50,000 in the bank for the emergency money, that's $3,000 of interest that you're letting go. And and I'll ask you this question, Donald, if you've seen three $1,000 bills laying on the ground, would you pick them up? And I'm betting you're saying yes. Well, that's exactly what you're doing is you're walking by that money that you could virtually pick up by doing some other type of investing. And over five years, that 3,000 adds up to 15,000. It doesn't take long to put that lazy money to work and start earning some interest and keeping an emergency account in place there. So if that's you, Donald, and you think, you know, hey, this is making sense, reach out and give me a call. I'd be happy to sit down and go over various investments that may fill what you're trying to do. And again, without knowing too much about you, that's just a simple example, but that's a good example to kind of show you how much money you're leaving laying on the ground. And don't walk by you know that money, pick it up, and you know it'll it'll enhance your overall portfolio. It's going to enhance your overall retirement picture, and you're going to be better off in the end.
1: Absolutely, great question, Donald. Thank you for sending that one in to us. It's a good problem to have. I mean, that you're kind of it tucking is. away too much money. Obviously, in our world, it's often the opposite problem, so not a bad thing and something that can be solved pretty simply with just a, a little scrutinizing of your financial plan and that sort of thing. So, get a complimentary review of your plan. That goes for anybody listening today. If something we've talked about on the show has struck a nerve with you or hits the right chord when it comes to how you're trying to plan for retirement and your financial future, if we touched on some financial fears that you may have that you need to address, discuss all those things with Kevin. All you have to do is call 888-885-PLAN and let us know you're interested in a complimentary review. You can come in and have that conversation with Kevin. Any questions, bring them to the table. 888-885-PLAN. That's 888 888- eight eight five seventy five twenty six and always online at insightfolios.com. Kevin, thanks for the help on today's show. Get back out there, catch some more fish, and uh, we'll talk to you again soon.
2: Flair be out there doing it, don't <laughs> worry. <laughs>
1: you did it for me. I was going to sign off like that, but you went ahead and brought it up one last I, time to finish. I it know up.
2: you I know you way too well. i beat you to the punch. <laughs> you did, you
1: did. Very good. We'll join Flair and I next time on the show. We'll talk to you soon right back here on Simply Financial.